This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Lisa Marie Platsky is an award-winning leadership expert in human behavior, a certified master coach, and an international best-selling author with accolades from the United States Small Business Administration and recognized by the International Women's Alliance as one of the top 100 women making a difference on the planet. She's coached or trained over 100,000 leaders globally, bringing forgiveness and vulnerability into the workplace. Lisa Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. It's a pleasure being here. I'm glad you're here because you wanted to talk about courageous leadership. And I will turn, I don't like saying turning 57 because that makes me sound like sour milk. I'm, I'm turning. I'm, I'm not the walking dead. I'm not turning into zombie. I'm going to celebrate birthday 57 in June. And I have gone through my share of leadership. I'm sure we'll get to it on the show today. Some were so far away from being courageous. This <laughs> is comical. But before we do that, uh, I want to the, you to fill in the gaps. Anything I read your intro, which you and your team graciously provided for me. But is there anything else that you want the listener to know to put you in the context? Sure. So you know, leadership for me is something that you you learn. It's not something that you're just born with. It's not a magical trait that someone has. And every single day, you've got to influence others, which is what leadership is all about. So my background is in federal law enforcement. And that's where I learned about the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts, the things that were would make somebody courageous leader. The other thing is, as somebody who started out as a solopreneur, I couldn't believe how often I would have conversations with people who would think it was this some crazy corporate thing and it didn't have anything to do with them. And yet leadership is such a, a part of daily life. And so that's so important to, you know, not just to the work that I do, but for me to remember in my own, in, in my own business. I just went to a workshop two days ago. Now, listener, if you've never listened to the show, we recorded this yesterday on Friday, April 15th. So you're hearing it the day after. So on Thursday of this week, I went to a clarity workshop and they had us create our very own big, hairy, audacious goal. If you ever read Jim Collins, Built to Last, you talk about BHAGs. And so I have a BHAG for my business. I never did this before. So my BHAG is I will help 100 million solopreneurs bust through overwhelm by 2032. That's a very ambitious goal, but I have such a love for solopreneurs because they're out there all by themselves. And the reason why I say that, because you mentioned solopreneurs, can you be a leader and still be a solopreneur? <laughs> of course, of course you can. You know, leadership is influence, and you whether it's influencing your your um, the, the client in front of you, a colleague that you're having a conversation, your listener on a podcast, whether it's you know influencing the person. Uh, that you're going to be having a meal with tonight. Like that's what you're leading people towards something. If you have that capacity to do so. And if you understand leadership. Interesting. Cause I know a lot of people say, Oh, I'm not in sales. Yeah, you are. If you're a human being, you are in sales and the greatest sales people in the world are kids. 
They never take no for an answer. They never give up. And when we get into a sales career or we become a small business owner, we're like, oh, you said no. Okay, I won't bother you anymore. Kids, I think, would become multi-quatrillionaires if they could make money because they don't take no for an answer. And so we're all leaders and we're all salespeople. The question is, how good of a salesperson are you? How good a leader are you? Bingo. That's the question. That's the million dollar question. Maybe the gazillion dollar question yes. is how good, how good are you? And so that's, that's really what I'm more interested in. Who do you need to be in order to have what you want? So if somebody wants to be the best at the relationship with their spouse, their partner, the best parent, who do they need to be in order for that to happen? If you've got a business, whether you've got lots of employees or whether you're the solopreneur, who do you need to be to have what you want? Which is, you know, if it's, if it's a hundred thousand dollars, if it's a million dollars, if it's $10 million, if it's a hundred million, like who do you need to be? And you need to be something different at each part of that journey because the the skills required to influence touch lives and lead in that capacity change very very powerful said now before we get more into how we can be courageous leaders you did said you have a background in federal law enforcement and my ears <laughs> perked up to that and i know my listeners did too they go wait mark mark please ask her about because fe federal law enforcement i mean that's that's pretty big deal. So yep. what exactly, I know it's got nothing to do with what we're going to talk about in the show today, but I would like to know what that meant when you said federal law enforcement. Margaret has everything to do with what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> has everything, everything to do with it. So I, uh, so my, I majored in criminal justice and I went into banking, but I wanted so badly to go into doing something in the criminal justice field. And so back then you remember there were libraries that people went to. There was no Google. And so if you wanted a job, you went to the library and you went and you sorted through books with, you know, to figure out what kind of jobs there were out there. There was nothing to key in. So, so that's yep. what I did. And I found that there was this write up on the United States Customs Service that said, international trade and travel. Now I had no idea what that meant and I couldn't Google it. And, you know, there was only so much Encyclopedia Britannica that could give me information about what that meant. However, I applied was the bottom line. I went and took a, a test in person because once again, we didn't do this online, went in person and took the test and ended up getting the job. They had a gap, you know, a, you know, several years, took the job and went to work in Newark, New Jersey. And throughout my career, which was a little over 10 years, lo loved every single moment of it. I, I was in uh, commercial fraud, uh, drug interdiction, money laundering, uh, investigation work, uh, a lot of different avenues in, in the U.S. Customs. After 9-11, everything changed completely. I taught at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, and then I went to develop curriculum for the Department of Homeland Security, newly formed at their Leadership Development Center. Uh, and with all of this, what I learned about myself it was such, a, you know, law enforcement was such a wonderful journey for me in that 
I learned that I was a really terrible leader and that I was, um, that the things that I watched other people do weren't necessarily the right things that I repeated over again. And so I was, I was failing and I took a leadership assessment that at the leadership assessment, it's so funny, I couldn't get choked up about this every single time. In the leadership assessment for interpersonal skills, I scored a zero. And um, the instructor stood over me and said, if Lisa invites you to do something and you say yes, she really doesn't want you to be there. And if you invite her to do something and she shows up, she's secretly wishing she was someplace else. And um, it um, it was a very quiet journey home and quiet afternoon where I had to come face to face and say, okay, Lisa, so you could be smart and right, strong and tough, but you're going to be alone and dead if you don't figure this out. If you don't figure out how to connect, if you don't figure out how to position yourself, if you don't figure out how to lead with excellence, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be alone. And, you know, we use the term solopreneur. However, you and I both know that even as a solopreneur, you can't do it alone. Like you can't do it solo. You need other people. You need the collaboration of. And so the same thing with this with this federal law enforcement job it might be me that's out there and it might be me in the blue uniform with the badge and the gun. But the reality is I, I need every single person to have my back. And if they don't see me and they don't like me and they don't think that I'm I, I'm who's going to watch my back. And so I realized that I, I created some really strong walls that kept people out. And that's actually what helped. That's what created the leadership journey for me. So law enforcement was, you know, in, an incredible experience. Now, as you're talking there in the very beginning about going to the library, I remember going to the library. I remember card catalogs. So I remember <laughs> before the card catalog was on the computer where you had to go uh-huh. Look at the card catalog and then yep. go through the books. I still, to this day, I love the smell of books. I love the smell of libraries. But a couple things that sparked in my mind just yesterday on LinkedIn, someone commented at one of my posts and said, do you remember 45 records? I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember 45 records. Now, if you're a new listener or if you're a younger listener, you don't have to go Google what these are, 45 records. <laughs> Do you remember 45 Records? A a hit hit would be on the one side. The other side would be a song that you understand what was on the B side. Um, But then you mentioned 9-11. And I remember, now I never flew before 9-11 that I can recall. I don't believe I did. I lived a very sheltered life. I didn't fly anywhere. But there was a time, younger listeners, when you could actually have your family go into the airport, wait at your gate with you while you board the plane. And when you got off the plane, your family would be there. And then 9-11 happened and now it's forever changed. But I remember those times. And it's when it's amazing when you said something like that. I just went, oh, I remember. I remember going to the airport and standing by the gate and seeing my yeah. family come down the 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 tunnel. I don't know what that what they call that, the tunnel they come off the plane. And it was so cool. So you don't realize if you stay in the day to day how much life has changed. But if you zoom out, you're like, oh my goodness, life has really changed in the last five, 10, 15, 20 years. And we don't realize it. We take our iPhones and et cetera for granted, but that's still relative, relatively brand new technology. 
Absolutely. Well, you used to be able to smoke on planes. There were ashtrays in the in the seats. I mean, like it's not like that was that long ago. And and just so many. That's one of the reasons why, for me, gratitude is such a big piece to mm. leadership because. There's so much to be grateful for. And even the simplest things, the tiniest little things that uh, even the ability to go online and say, what's a 45 record, like the ability to do that, how fast information comes. I, I, I am in, I was on a plane just a few days ago and sat and went, oh my gosh, like I'm suspended in the air right now. Like I am in a metal tube. I'm looking around. All these other people are here with me. I'm in the air. Like the, the, to not take that for granted that somebody had to think about that, had to put that thought into action. The whole team of people who had to come together, the teeny little parts that are there in order for me to take, take me from point A to point B, like it, it's miraculous. And so I never want to lose sight of that. You know, even the, even thinking about those card catalogs, think about all the people who had to put all those things together and do all of that. So I have such gratitude for every single moment that, that I'm, that I'm experiencing in life. And I, I think the best leaders do. How would you like to get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free? Well, you can. All you have to do is go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com to get my, well, top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. I will tell you this, honestly, I work, air quotes here, I work seven days a week because I love what I do. I wake up every morning excited for the day. I I woke up this morning. I couldn't wait to talk to Lisa Marie because we have never talked. We just corresponded over email. I guess your agency or team reached out to me and I say, like to have her on the show. And so I was excited meeting you because I looked at your profiles on LinkedIn and whatnot, and I wanted to meet you. And I feel sad when people wake up and they're like, oh, uh, it's time to get up. I got to go to work. You only get one life. Gary Vaynerchuk says that all the time. You get one life. You should set yourself up to live a life that you don't want to escape from. That's something I got to give credit to Seth Godin. He says, people are always looking forward to vacations. How about living a life where you don't need to escape from? And that's what a vacation is. So I work seven days a week. My wife knows when I'm on vacation, I'm constantly working. That's the way my mind works. I may have an idea or an idea for a blog post or a podcast, a guest for a podcast, doesn't matter. And I I really want people to understand, you may not, I don't want you to quit your job today, but if you're not happy, what makes you happy? Because there is somebody, Marie Forleo said this really well, you have a gift that the world wants to hear. And if you're not sharing that gift with the world, if you're not leading, if you're not influencing with your gift, you're robbing us. And I, I really encourage people to wake up and really look forward to the day. I can tell that you do and I do, but a lot of people don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm a, uh, I believe that when you don't use your your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your experiences, my acronym is GATE, G-A-T-E, and you open that gate and when you keep it closed and you don't allow the world to see that, you don't shine your light brightly, then the world misses out. You also miss out as well. There, there's a responsibility that you have. And I'm very much the same way. 
I, I have a, a background also in psychosomatics and the word, you know, vacation, the root is to vacate. And so people vacate their life and I don't have a life that I need to vacate. I have a life that I, life that I absolutely love. And in that life, I have the, the desire to work the moment that my eyes open. Like I, I give thanks. I say, say prayers of gratitude and then off I go. And, and that doesn't stop until I close my eyes and go to sleep. And when people ask me, you know, what are you doing on Saturday, on Sunday, in the evenings, it's work. I'm not working because I'm inefficient with my time. I'm not working because I'm ineffective in my business. I've been doing this for 18 years. And, you know, as you shared, you know, coached and trained over a hundred thousand leaders all over the world. And I do it because I love, like it is, it is so much a, this is, is, is an honoring. And, and if I don't go out and when I don't go out and do what I'm to do, then I'm wasting the talents I've been given. So it, it, it's, it's a, you know, so much a responsibility, you know, I, I see it as a responsibility that I have. So I, mm. I'm, uh, I, I'm so, so much the same. And that's one of the gifts that the internet does give us because here we are, you know, I listened to your podcast. My team said, you know, go see what Mark is doing. Okay, good. I'll, I'll go. So I, you know, I listened. I was looking forward to being here. I was excited this morning when I woke up and that when people don't have, when they don't have that, it's not because it's not there. It's because they haven't chosen to create it. hundred mm, percent. You know, when people ask me, you know, come 56 years young and they'll say, you know, what are you going to do about retirement? And again, what we just talked about, I'm like, retire. So I love doing what I love to do and I should retire. I should stop doing this. So that whole thing always confuses me. But you, you said something, you slid something in there. And I'm going to know my listener caught as well. You talked about your gate acronym acronym. And I know they're saying, Mark, Mark, ask her what the gate acronym is because now you've planted the seed. So would you share with us? What is the gate acronym? So the gate acronym is gifts, abilities, talents, and experiences. And okay. so when you're born and you're little, you're literally collecting gifts and abilities and talents and experiences. Like some you have, that's part of your hard wiring and some you pick up like envision, like on the playground, like picking up a, a rock or something. And you, you put these in your toolbox and everyone has this, this box of goodness in them. I call it your brilliance. And and yet at the same time, some people keep it really well, well, uh, well gated, very, very, very hidden. They don't, they don't take the lock out and unlock their gate. They don't shine that light. They don't, they, they, they'll give glimpses, glimpses. They'll crack the gate just a little bit. So you get just a little bit of, of who they are or, or 
what they want or why it matters, but you don't get the full embodiment of what that is. Like I'm not showing up and going to give you half of it. I'm not going to hold back and say, oh, there might be something I'm not supposed to tell Mark because good grief, you know, that might be something that I tell my clients or, oh, that might be the, because you understand this when I say this. And there are people who hold back in all areas of their life in their business because they're afraid they're going to miss out. They're going to, they're going to not get something, you know, they're, they're, there's such a, um, a mindset of lack that is programmed in the, or on the other side, it's not that they wouldn't do it, that it might, might be judged by it or what are people going to say? Or, you know, we had an honest conversation before and you go, look, you know, we're just having dialogue. And the answer is that's the only thing I know how to do. I don't know how to be the, the perfectly polished presenter that doesn't, get on stage and do stuff that's sort of wonky. Like, I don't know how, because that's just simply who it is that I am as a person. And so I wouldn't want to be around people that don't want that too for themselves. And so I find that, you know, people keep that gate so tightly locked for fear of either judgment or being told that that shouldn't be done in business or because they're so afraid that they're going to give something away that's of value that they're not going to be compensated for it, which is life is just one big compensation. It's just one, it's just, there's no way to not be. So, you know, that the gate for me is, is, um, the, you know, once again, the, the best leaders, they, 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 they let you in. They, they allow you to see because they understand that the world needs you and your brilliance and that they don't, they're not willing to leave something on the table. A lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, they struggle with what you just said, afraid to give it all away. And I've been hearing from a lot of different people saying, give everything away because here's the thing. Most people are lazy and You'll maybe have 10%, maybe 5% who will take what you said and go use it and become successful. But most people will go, I don't understand about X, Y, and Z. Gate, what is he talking about? And then they reach out to us or you or me, whatever, and invest in the coach. So most people are lazy. Most people need to be, need to have someone hold their hand. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's why there's coaches in the world. There's membership sites. There's courses. There's speakers. You shouldn't need to go on your own. If you're struggling with something and you've hit up Google and you don't understand it, you read a book, you don't understand it. Well, then take the next step. There's someone in the world that can help you with your problem. You just need to find them, connect with them, and be start being coached by them. But this mentality, like, well, I'm going to do it all my own. There's no point to that. There's no badge for you figuring it out on your own. And if you really want to catapult to the head of the line, find someone who is where you are want to be now. They're where you want to be and study under them. Study the feet of the masters. And instead of you going, well, I'm going to go the hard way. Why? You're going to waste time. That's why the coaches and mentors are here to help you become a better leader, to help you be better at productivity, help you be better at social media so you can shortcut your way to the top. 
Yeah, that's, that is exactly it. And, you know, you said something and for me, I don't even see it as people being lazy. Like in, you know, in, in, in my world, I just, I just see it as we're all hardwired a little bit differently. So some people are so task oriented and you give them something to do. That's only eight to 10% of the population that are really like, if you, if you think about like a, a disc assessment, I like leadership assessments. So like on the disc assessment, you only have eight to 10% of people in the population that are, that are highly task driven. You give them a series of tasks and they get them done. So if that's eight to that means that you got 92, 90 to 92% of the population that's not wired that way to do life that way. And so these people could be incredibly great influencers. They could be great visionaries. They could be people who are hardwired to be um, deeply supportive with, with teams. They could be people who are hardwired to, um, to look at the details in, and, be incredible implementers. However, they're, they're not the ones that are going to create the, the vision to, to be able to take action. And so when you, when you look at that from a leadership perspective, it's understanding that to do it on your own, no matter what your hardwiring is, it's just really hard. And that's why the African proverb, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together because you, 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 you need other people. And, and for myself, I can't tell you how often, you know, I have, I probably, and I, I, I guess I invest anywhere between, I set aside about anywhere between 150 to $200,000 for uh, coaching mentorship every year. So when I think about this investment that I make and then what my clients get, you know, they're getting that, you know, all of that, which I invest in plus, you know, the, um, 25 years of experience that I have in doing this work, it's, it's exponential. Of course, it's going to fast track the, you know, the results, but why do I invest that? Because I don't have it all figured out. And sometimes it annoys me when my coaches and mentors give me the same exercises that I just gave a client, you know, because I can't see it. I'm too close to it. It's my stuff. I'm in it. It's not that I'm stupid. It's not that I'm lazy. I just can't see it. I'm so flipping close to it that I don't notice it. And so Sometimes people beat themselves up and they think, well, geez, I, I should know better. I, you know, I, I should, I should, you know, I, I should be smart enough to figure this out. No, I remember Mark, uh, years, a couple of years ago, you know, somebody, um, defrauded me out of money for an, an event and I gave them $10,000 and they never did the event and never gave me the money back. And I felt, I should know better. You're smart. You teach people this in business. And it's like, and so I went to one of my mentors, you know, what, what to do. And one of my coaches and who told me to do nothing by the way. Um, and because it's a distraction. And so why, why I share that is because you can be the smartest person in business and you need other people to steer and guide you. And I didn't go to them about that investment in the first place. I only went to them afterwards when it didn't work out. So, you know, it's, it's just, we're all just a bunch of humans doing the best that we can. And so the more, the more information that you can glean that's unique to whatever you're struggling with on the journey, the, the better off it is. 
Uh, it's one of the reasons why I loved reading about your productivity piece. You know, that's one of my seven pillars in, in leadership. And it's, you know, you've got that really dialed in. And so if someone's struggling, why would you want to spend more time struggling? Why wouldn't you? Time is so is such a, is your most valuable commodity. So if you're going to exchange, you know, some green paper or some cryptocurrency to be able to get something that could fast track you, why wouldn't you do it? So anyway, that's my, that's my little rant on that there. (laughs) No, I think it's a very good rant because I once heard Brendan Burchard say true experts are students first. And as I look at all the successful people, they are always trying to learn, whether it's a Brendan Burchard, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, uh, Tony Robbins, Oprah. They're, they're not being complacent. They're not saying, I have arrived. And I see a lot of people who are just trying to get by day to day. And they're like, well, you know, it must be nice to be on podcasts. It must be nice to be working for yourself. I said, do you think I like have a Learjet and have a whole bunch of butlers and, you know, all kinds of staff? I, I said, I'm just like you. I'm not a contrillionaire. I work hard. The only difference is, is I know I need other people where you're just settling and going to a job that pays you the X amount of salary, whether you're a good worker or a met worker or whether you overproduce or not. And I don't want to be caught in that. So I always try to over deliver for my clients, for people on social media, for listeners of my podcast, because when you really serve people from the right heart, you're not doing it for the money, you're doing it for the right reasons. People are like, they're leaning in, especially now I put my new big, hairy, audacious goal on all my platforms. And I put in my email signature. It's on my website because what I learned in the clarity workshop is because people are like, okay, Mark Stuchowski, Mr. Productivity, blah, who cares? Oh, he wants to help 100 million solopreneurs bust overwhelm. Now the tendency is like, wow. They lean in and say, well, how can I be part of that? Because now my mission is not about me. It's about serving others. And I, when I look at the most successful people in our world today, they interesting. You told me to call you Lisa Marie, but you keep referring to yourself as Lisa. I think that's interesting. Um, I, I want people to go, wow, Lisa Marie. Wow, Mark. Wow, Brendan. Wow, Grant Cardone. Look at what they're doing for the world. It's not about themselves. And people are successful when they make it about others, not about themselves. Yeah, it, it is about, it's about how can you help as many people as possible with the work that you're called to do with whatever it is. You know, I wake up every day and I ask myself, how can I be a force for good on the planet? How can I be a force for good on the planet? How do I make a difference today? What What's my responsibility in making a difference? And so that's the first thought. And whenever I, I am in conversations with clients, I'm, I'm saying to them, like, this has got to be you're dialed into it so that as your eyeballs open and you're still laying in bed, your thought is, you know, what is, what is that? What is that thing that I'm doing today? What's that one thing that I'm doing to to be a force for good, to make a difference? Because the more that you give, the more that you show up of service. Now, for me, you know, for some people, money's not important. I like money. 
I actually, to me, money is just an exchange of goods and services. And so it's not energy, it's not power, it's, it's just, that's all it is. It's an exchange. And so I exchange the gifts that I have and everything. And somebody gives me something that they call money and that's it. There's no attachment to it. It does not dilute the service that I have or the servant leadership part that I have in all of the work that I put out. My, my giving is, is full and pure and it's not interfered by, by that the exchange in order to do that because I only have so much time on the planet is that of money. And so sometimes I, in fact, I, I wrote a, a post on this on, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, people confuse that, you know, for them that I, I grew up where it was, you know, you're not spiritual enough if money is a thing. And yet in business, it was like, well, how do I do this and have a, and have a livelihood then if, if this is the belief, then how, do, how do I, how do I then do this? Oh no, I don't want to take anything. I don't want to take anything. I, I'll just do this for free. And what that did is it ended up putting me in a really bad place early on in my business. And so I've learned to have this beautiful relationship with money and serve in a way that is pure and big. And I want every single person to understand who they are, what they want, why it matters, so they can touch as many lives on the planet fully using their gifts and their abilities and their talents and their experiences and to do it in a way that allows them to be energized and and grateful and have more time to spend with the people that they love and doing that it means that you've got you you, you it's not even like you it's I'm thinking I was kind of questioning the word you know have to or not you know it's so do do you have to do you do you not is that true in my in my world in my world you have got to be so connected and so dialed into service service and gratitude because if you do it any other way i don't think that let me let me change that cancel clear when i do it any other way it doesn't feel good when I do it any other way, it doesn't feel meaningful. That is a great place to end this episode because <laughs> it's just incredible value. Where can we go to find out more about Lisa Marie Platsky? Lisa Marie Platsky, you can go to Upside Thinking. So Upside Thinking is my company and it's U-P-S-I-D-E and the word thinking, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G.com, UpsideThinking.com. Lisa Marie, I am so glad you were on the show today because like whenever I start recording with a guest, I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> and I had one direction I thought we we're going to go but it naturally went another direction. And I think it was a much more powerful episode for the listener. So thank you for being on the show today for delivering such an impact because I, I'm excited that you are here and I'm jazzed up now for the rest of my day. And I know the listener is as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm, Mark, this has been, it's been delightful. You're, you're, honesty, your openness and your willingness to be in the flow of conversation. I didn't know what to expect either. And I'm pretty darn excited about this. <laughs>
And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.